Hey everyone, welcome to Yoga Land Teacher's Companion. I'm your host, Jason Crandall. This would be a really good episode. Those of you that have just been listening to the podcast, if possible, of all the episodes we've done so far, this is the best one to see. I'm still gonna talk through it in a way that if you're on the go and you can't watch via YouTube or some other mechanism, um, it's still gonna work for you, okay? Uh, But if you can watch this one, I think the details will be really nice. In the last several episodes, I've been talking about technical components of backbends, whether it's five different setups or the how I think the internally rotating or externally rotating or anteriorly tilting or posteriorly tilting the pelvis. Well, I, I think those are the wrong questions to ask. So now what I wanna do, everyone, is just give you my personal favorite as a yoga teacher and practitioner, ways of preparing the lower body for backbends, okay? I, and I'm perfect for this job, by the way. The reason being is my lower body is tight. It's always been tight. It's now um, maybe less tight, Um, but I feel like these little tips that I'm gonna give you, because I'm not just gonna give you the poses, but I'm gonna tell you where I like to incorporate these poses in a sequence, and then a little bit of nuanced technique that I think is really gonna help you help yourself and your students with these poses and think about things the right way. As always, the work that we do here, um, just see what works for your body. Experiment with this stuff. If it works for you and your students, incorporate it. If it doesn't work for you and your students, then I'm glad you tried it out. Thanks for giving it a go and you can let it go. So five things. The first thing that we're gonna look at is what I call reformed anjaneyasana, okay? Um, When we do reformed anjaneyasana, we make sure that we're targeting the right thing. Because kind of an old school, typical Anjaneyasana, I think for many people isn't, it's not really always targeting the structure that you wanna target, at least in preparation for backbend. So I'm gonna describe those and I'll show them. So what I'm gonna do right now is a really old school Anjaneyasana. So my front foot is forward, it's my left foot, my back foot is the right leg, it's back. I can go both hands to the knee or both hands to the heart or both hands up. But in this old school version, the hips are heavy and low. Now, I don't want to vilify this, okay? I I think there's time and a place for this setup. But what most people are going to find when they do this heavy, low, old school Anjaneyasana is that the stretch they get is in a very specific and small location. And it's probably not the main structure that you actually wanna prepare when you're preparing the lower body for backbends. So where most people feel this, most people feel the vast majority of the sensation high. They feel it right in the anterior part of the socket structure itself. And I just wanna remind us, those of you watching camera, that right below the hip point, like right below the hip point, that's not, that's the major, where you will feel the majority of sensation in this old school Anjaneyasana, it's where most people do. But it's not, that isn't where you have the bulk of your hip flexor power. That's the anterior capsular compartment. There are muscles that run through there, do not get me wrong. Um, but where you have the bulk of hip flexor power is below and above that point. So this, this very like heavy, low, kind of squatting-like 
um, Anjane Asana is probably loading the anterior part of the hip capsule and stretching it out more than it is lengthening your hip flexors and quads. And it's really the hip flexors and quads that I think you're gonna get much more efficiency from targeting, okay? So what we're gonna do to get where we want is we want this contemporary, what I call reformed Anjane Asana. So the way I set it up, everyone, I like to, I like to have the starting point of an old school Anjane Asana. And then what I like to do is I have people pull their hips all the way back, okay? So what I'm doing, those of you that aren't watching, I'm pulling my hips back until my head, my torso, my pelvis, and my back thigh are all in one vertical line. And then when I do that, I actually sometimes will shorten the stride, but let's not worry about that for now. So I pull everything back. And when I pull everything back, Okay, it, I, I'm gonna decrease the stretch temporarily, that's okay. So I pull everything back, is so whether the top of the back foot or the ball of the back foot to the floor is I think a little bit up to you. But when I get here, everyone, I take my fingers to the front ribs, I draw them back. That's a really good technique when you're teaching, by the way, is when you're trying to teach something specific to a part of someone's body, have them take their own hands and touch their own bar to the body to kind of wake that up. So my fingers are in my front ribs, I pull back. Now as I pull back, I engage my anterior abdominal core a little bit, okay? So that I'm not increasing the curvature in my lumbar because if I increase the curvature in my lumbar and I anteriorly tilt the pelvis, I'm gonna lose all the hip flexor and quad opening that I actually want. So I've shifted everything back, I've drawn the front ribs in, I've engaged anterior abdominal core a little bit, and then I'm accentuating a little bit of posterior pelvic tilt because I'm not looking to affect the spine, okay? I want the spine to be pretty neutral, pretty fixed. And what I'm trying to do is create more posterior pelvic tilt to lengthen the hip flexors, okay? Now as I do this, everyone, then I press the back foot strongly and consistently down into the floor. I'll talk about why this is in the next setup that I show, okay? So from the top, I've pulled the hips back, I've brought the front ribs in, I've engaged the anterior core, I've exaggerated posterior pelvic tilt. This is an exaggeration. Don't walk around in your life like this. I've grounded that back foot into the floor, strong and consistent of that back leg rooting down. Then I keep all of those things, and then I lower the hips a little forward and down. And now it is not just a stretch on the anterior part of the socket structure, which is really questionable as to whether or not you wanna load that thing anyways. But now I can feel that all the way through the quad, all the way through the front of the hip, and actually a little bit up into the abdominal core, okay? So that setup, I'm telling you, is it's golden for so many people. Now, the next one is a little bit related with regards to technique. So this is super common. So this is number two favorite setup. So what I'm gonna get is this kind of conventional low lunge quad stretch, but I'm gonna change the angles up a little bit. So when I'm doing this low lunge quad setup, stretch setup, I like to start from kind of a typical lizard, uh, lizard uh, pose, but I turn the front foot out and I turn the front knee out just a little bit. I'm still on the bottom of the foot, but I, everything is rotated a little laterally. And then what you're often gonna find is the hand's gonna reach back and catch the outside of the foot. That is so totally fine. But I prefer, at least for this episode, 
to hold the inside of the foot. And when you reach back and hold the outside of the foot in this pose, typically what we do everyone is we rotate the torso towards the front knee. Okay, that's fine. Whether the arm, bottom arm's straight or whether that bottom elbow is on the floor, okay? But now you're gonna hold the inside of the back foot instead of the outside of the back foot. And instead of turning that chest up, you're actually turning the chest towards the front of your mat, okay? So I'm turning that chest towards the fronts of the mat. Now as I do that, everyone, I'm not with my hand just pulling my foot. I'm holding my foot and I'm pushing my foot into it. Okay, I want you to feel this, whether you do it now with me or some other time, doesn't matter, but I want you to feel this at some point. So, you you're holding the inside of the back foot, you're turning the chest towards the front of the mat instead of towards the front knee, and then with the foot, you're pressing the hand consistently and firmly. Why? Because in our back bends, pretty much every back bend you do that is not a restorative posture, it's an active backbend. So when you're doing an active backbend, your quads and your hip flexors, they have to stretch, but they're not passive when they're stretching, are they? They're engaged when they're stretching. So what this is gonna mean, everyone, is I like to prepare for backbends. I like to prepare for active backbends with active technique. That doesn't mean that passive backbends are bad or that passive technique is bad. It means I'm not just gonna like lay my body weight on a joint in backbends, in preparations for backbends, because when I get to the backbend, that's not what I'm doing. So by doing this, everyone, by taking this kind of, this holding the inside of that foot grip and turning the chest forward, and then pressing the foot into the hand, you get this really, really direct um, ability to lengthen those hip flexors and quads while they're in an engaged position. And that is very reflective of what happens when you do your back bends, okay? Now, third thing I'm gonna show you is I'm gonna go back to Anjaneyasana, this reformed Anjaneyasana, okay? So I've pulled the hips back, and brought those front ribs in, I've posteriorly tilted the pelvis, that is an exaggeration. I'm not saying you have to do that all the time, okay? So you're doing that now though, back foot's in the floor. Now, from here, we're kind of, I've already shown this where this front foot is facing forward. But now what you're gonna do everyone is you're gonna take this front foot and you're gonna turn it out on the diagonal. You're gonna have your students turn this front foot out at about a 45 degree angle. And then from there, instead of lowering the hips towards the front of the mat, you lower the hips towards the front foot. Okay, so I'm angling my hips forward and to the left. This is gonna get a little bit more adductor for people, but also what it's gonna do is it's gonna get those hip flexors, it's gonna stretch them from a slightly different angle, okay? So now we have three things that set up, those three things, they set up sequentially in a flow really easily. So where do I like to put them? I like to put those things in sun salutation, standing pose flows when I know I'm gonna be doing back bends because those three things, they set up from these flows so well, right? It's so easy to be like, okay, down dog, step the foot forward, boom, and then you teach them your 
reformed Anjaneyasana. Then you have them take a little bit different angle. Then you have them set up low lunge quad stretch, right? You could do all of those things separately or you could do them in one little package. And it's really valuable everyone to make sure that that back foot is engaging into something the whole time. Because in back bands, again, we're not just looking for length and, and like this passive docile ability for the body to move. You need strength in those lengthened positions. So engaging those muscles that are stretching at their end range a little bit, I think is gonna be really helpful uh, in your back bend preps. Fourth thing I wanna show, now I've been putting this in like all of my flows when I've been teaching classes for a while, whether it's with me on Glow or, well that's why I'm teaching public classes these days. Um, so what I'm doing is what I call three part prone back bends, okay? So instead of just kind of always flowing through chaturanga, up dog, down dog, right? Those are fine. But what I've been doing a lot is this pattern. And I'd love for you to experiment with this. And then if this works, steal it, okay? Give it to your students. Take this stuff, okay? So instead of yet another chaturanga, up dog, down dog, I like to go inhale plank, exhale to the floor locust. Locust pose inhale, exhale set up cobra. Cobra pose inhale. Exhale, set up bow. Bow pose, inhale. Exhale, back to downward facing dog. So I do a lot of that. And, and, and honestly, that's a little bit of like whole body preparation instead of just lower body. But I've been doing this a lot. So I've been, after the first several sun salutations, once the body's warm, once we're in kind of standing pose flows, Instead of having people do a vinyasa with just another chaturanga, up dog, down dog, I'm increasing the volume of face down back bends throughout the sequence so that by the time we get to the back bends that are a little bit later in class, the body's a little bit more there. Final lower body preparation for back bends. I'm gonna call this one, everyone, awful Natharajasana. This is so hard, it's so ugly, I hate that I'm recording it, I hope you close your eyes or you don't judge me, but man, this is so good because most of what I have shown you, or at least the first three things I showed you is for length on the front side, but length on the front side without strength on the back side is not that useful. So when we're preparing for back bends, we gotta get people's hamstrings and bum to work, so all these extensors work, right? So at some phase in standing poses, I like to get people up, so they, maybe they even step through, right? Maybe they step through from crescent, and then I like to get them into this kind of standing position where I'm standing on one leg and the other knee is drawn in, I'm not holding on to it, okay? It's drawn forward, so the hips in flexion. Then from there I keep my ribs fixed and it's almost like a standing hamstring curl. So I take my elevated leg and I take the heel back and the heel up. So now I'm engaging hamstring and glutes, okay? And then from there, I reach back with both arms like I'm gonna hold my foot, 
okay? But I don't hold my foot, which is why it's awful. Holding the foot feels nice, but I'm doing Nadhrajasana now, everyone, as much as I can without actually holding my foot, which means my leg has to hold itself. And if my leg can't hold itself in that position, it is woefully weak and just stretching more stuff is probably not what your students need. So I think that all of those things, everyone, those five different preparations for you and your practice and your students, I think they'll go a long way. The majority of them you can put and the first two thirds of your sequence, especially in those standing pose flows, okay? We'll be back soon. Make sure to subscribe. Send this to anyone that works for you. Works for you. <laughs> if anyone works for you, send, send them my way. Send stuff. I need someone. I'm doing 100% of this myself. Okay? Anyway, subscribe. Share this with people that um, you work with or not. All right, everyone. Thank you.